Hey Life Canton, Roger here, one of your directors. I'm so glad that you're joining us, whether it's your first time or you've been listening for a while. Hope you enjoyed our summer series all about Mark and that it brought you a lot of insight and maybe even some new thoughts about the Gospel of Mark. Uh, We are now into another series, but before I get to that, I just want to remind you that we believe that you belong here at Life Can. You belong to God, so you belong to us. So I would encourage you to take this opportunity uh, to fill out a Connect card. That'll help us get you connected and plugged into our community. But also encourage you to take this opportunity to support what God is up to at our church and in our community. There's lots of ways you can do that, but one of the ways you can do that is by giving financially to the mission of God at this church. And you can give via our Church Center app, or you can also find our Connect card, or online. Those are both opportunities that I would encourage you to take advantage of today. Now, this week, we are starting a brand new series called Torchbearer. Uh, This is a series where we're going to talk about the second half of our 10-year vision, which is to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love into our community. We're going to begin to talk about what that looks like. And this message is actually a bit of a table talk between Pastor John and Pastor Jared. They're going to walk us through some of the ideas coming from our congregation about how we can do that and actually take time with our community, including you, to process some specific ways we could go after a specific need in our community. And in this message, you'll hear those present online and in the room this past Sunday, kind of deciding on a direction. So I would want you to listen to this message so you can hear that conversation and hear the direction. The, The direction has kind of been voted has been voted on this past sunday so the time to vote on that is over but go ahead and give this message a listen and then i'm going to encourage you after with an action step for you at home so give it a listen and i'll catch up with you in just a moment you can be seated we're going to be seated as well welcome to life canton my name is jared this is john and we are your pastors here at life canton it's the first time that we're sharing the stage together like this, so this yeah. is exciting. Uh, this is going to be a fun uh, day together as well because we're doing some things just a little bit different. Before we even get started, actually, uh, I want to let you know two things. First of all, there's some paper and pen uh, at the entrance right there. For some of you in the balcony, if you didn't get a chance to grab some and you want to make your way on down, you can. Uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit later on in our gathering, but also... Second thing I want to let you know is if you're newer here uh, or you've never filled out a Connect card, there's going to be a QR code in case you missed that when John Smith was mentioning that. So that'll be up on the screen. You can scan that with your phone here in just a second. But John, you wanted to do something fun too. Yeah, we're going to have some fun today in church. Can we do that? Are we allowed? You guys don't seem very excited about that. (laughs) Can we have some fun in church? Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Today is all about a conversation. Jared and I are here to have a conversation about where God is leading us and what torchbearing means and how each of us is a torchbearer, so we'll get into that. But we wanted you to mingle and mix first to have some conversation with each other. So I want you to uh, stand up and go and preferably meet someone that you don't know and tell them your favorite thing about this time of year. What is your favorite thing about fall? And you're not allowed to say pumpkin spice lattes. That's taken, okay? So go talk to each other. All right. So this is all we're going to do today. Just keep going. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead and make your way back to your seat. Um, If you are like right in the middle of a conversation or you're like 
really enjoying getting to talk to the person uh, that you just met for the first time, get a hold of them right after the gathering and, uh, and connect with them some more. You can do that. That's what this time is all about. That's what our community is all about is making friends and, and caring for one another. You're going to find that out even more so as well. I want to let you know um, about this word in just a second, but it comes from our vision. We have a vision, and for those of you who don't know it, it's to reclaim our identity in Jesus and to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. And so I would say that we've done a fairly good job of talking about that first half of the vision, reclaiming our identity in Jesus. I think a lot of churches actually talk well about that, about who we are. Um, in fact, John Smith gave a message, whose you are determines who you are. And so we talk a lot about identity and finding that security in Christ. Um, but the second half, we haven't really explored as much at this church necessarily, to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. And so we've been thinking uh, a lot uh, in preparation for this day about how we do that and what that actually looks like. Yeah, so we are just about 20 years old as a church, and how did we get here? How did we get to where we are today, to sitting in this room? Well, it started out in Field Elementary School in Canton, where my kids go to school right now, actually, which is kind of a cool full, full circle thing for me. Um, and we've been through a lot in these 20 years. As you can imagine, in the life of a church, you, you face all kinds of seasons, but nothing was more challenging than the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think most churches struggled through this in a variety of different ways. And uh, we did too. It was just a very challenging time. I'm sure it was challenging for each one of you in different ways. And through that time, we started thinking about like what is no longer effective? What are things that we could kind of let go of and focus on even more as the core of our church and who God is calling us to be in a new season and during this time is when we crafted the vision that Jared just mentioned. We worked together with leadership team and staff under the direction of our former lead pastor, Nathan McWhorter, and crafted that vision to say this is who God has called us to be in the next 10 years and beyond of who we are as a church. So that's how that uh, vision came to reality. And we act out that vision through being a torchbearer. Right. What exactly is a torchbearer, Jared? Right, We've so. we got to make sure we clarify this. <laughs> There's not like a biblical <laughs> definition. It's not like you can look in your index of your Bible and find out what that means. So we just kind of came up with our own understanding through the narrative of what we see happening in the New Testament and in, in the early church. Yeah. And so we just said simply this, a torchbearer is one who shines Christ's light in dark places. Just if we're Simple. to, to mm -hmm. get down to the bare bones. I'll say it again. A torchbearer is one who shines Christ's light in dark places. What are those dark places? Um, just turn on the news, and you can, you can find a lot of dark places, right? Or it, you, you can look in your home life, in your family life, in your relationships, in your schools, in your classrooms. You can find dark places. Maybe not physically dark, although that might be the case as well. But there's darkness um, that shows up in a lot of different ways. And, and so our vision is to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love, that's the light. The dark places are the places where there is injustice and where there is hate. And so um, we absolutely see that in our world today. And so as a church, as a local body uh, within this community, we want to be a part of living out that vision of being a torchbearer, of bringing the light of Christ, Christ's light, into dark places. So that's, that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're going to discuss. Now, we've talked about um, you know, some churches will, will sort of take on the identity of the leader or the leaders, and that's okay. Um, 
and that's worked in a lot of ways. That's not necessarily my leadership style to say, well, I've got all of the ideas. I'll just tell you what they all are, and then you go and do them. That could work. But I think what's way more powerful is a church who is providing collective feedback. And basically what we see happening in the New Testament that we're going to look at in just a second is this entire collective body that comes together, one heart, one mind, understanding what seems good to us and the Holy Spirit to then go after the needs in our community. I might have some ideas, and they might even be good ideas, but you you do too. You have a lot of good ideas about what the needs are in our community, right in our very backyard. And so um, today is about getting to hear from you, actually, to understand how do we go about making an impact in our community, being torchbearers, bringing Christ's light to dark places. So I want to do just a, a quick teaching. It's not going to be a whole expository thing, uh, but if you have a Bible, if you own a Bible and you brought it with you, I'd encourage you to go to Acts. We're going to be in uh, a couple sections, three sections, Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 6, 2, 4, 6. If you don't have a Bible and you don't even know what that is, that's entirely okay. Uh, we'll have uh, the scriptures up on the screen and you can follow along in that way. Um, for those of you who do have a Bible and a pen, I would encourage you to underline some of these sections in your Bible too and maybe just notate some things that stick out to you in these passages that we're going to read together. So I'm starting in Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. I'm going to go right on to, to Acts 4 as well because I want you to see sort of the whole stretch of, of what's happening. This is the early church that is formed right after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And so this community forms around that idea, but then some other things kind of come about as well. I want you to read this with me. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to coming together, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved." That's Acts 2. I want to go right into Acts 4. Just keep that uh, in your mind's eye about what that might have looked like, what that might have felt like. All the believers, this is uh, chapter 4 now, all the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. And then it finishes this way. There were no needy people among them. Because those who own land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. John, there's a whole lot there. Yeah. And it gets me excited. It gets me um, maybe a little anxious of like, man, are we even doing that? Is that happening? What do you think about? What sticks out to you when you see these passages? Yeah, I hear this. It sounds like they're describing a family that I want to be a part of. You know, they they share meals together. They meet not just weekly, but daily. They're living their lives together, and they're taking care of each other. God is adding more people to the community. I imagine those people that were kind of on the outside felt like some first century FOMO, right? <laughs> like they, they had a fear of missing out. They saw what was happening. They're like, I want to be a part of that. Right. I want to be a part of that community because I think there's something hardwired to our souls that wants to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right. a part of something where we can belong. 
um, which is why that's one of our codes is t- tapping into that desire. And so I see this group of people who really love each other and care for each other. And I feel like that's such a good challenge for us today right. because so often we live our faith Sunday to Sunday, but we don't often see each other very much during the week. So what would that be like and feel like, right. especially because, and we'll talk about this in chapter six, but this was a, a new multi-ethnic community right. and um, a complexity of religion as well because Jews and Gentiles were now worshiping together as Christians. So now you've got these two groups of people who are part of one family, mm-hmm. some great, beautiful things that could take place, but also some challenges. Right, right. And the fact that they were united in heart and mind, like what does that look like? I yeah. encourage you, even with that sheet of paper that you have and a pen and paper, what, what is developed in your mind's eye as you think about what it looks like to be united in heart and mind? And should we even like... I felt guilty early on in my, my Christian faith, but more so in my vocational ministry. You know, when I was young, in my 20s, and, and, and first married, didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities, didn't have kids. And so you read this, and you're like, well, we should do that. We, we should just do that. We, like, let's all quit our jobs and sell our homes, and then let's all just stay here and hang out and have potluck every single day, every single meal, <laughs> right? Is that the goal? And maybe, I mean, some churches actually do try to do that. There's a community in Chicago that, that, that does that, that I've uh, visited, and, and it's a beautiful thing. And um, I'm not sure if that's necessarily what the author intended that, that we do 2,000 years later, but instead of feeling guilty about, man, we don't, we don't do any of that, or maybe we do a portion of that, or only a little bit of that, I, I heard a mentor once say, I think what's important for us in the 21st century is to capture the essence mm, mm-hmm. of what they were going after. To be, yes, united in heart and mind. To share. Yeah. To, to ensure that there's no needy people among you. And, and then as a result of how well we take care of each other in this church, then others on the outside looking in, like you talked about, say, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. What is it about that community that they have going on? And so when we get to Acts 6, there's... It's not all perfect. You've got this, like you said, multi-ethnic, multicultural community and even multi-religious community coming from different backgrounds. How are they going to work through the challenges? Because there's going to be challenges. And then we see one right here in Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1 to 3. I'll just read a short uh, portion of this. It says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. And they go on to, to identify these men who are full of wisdom and the spirit. And so as I think about Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 6, we've got one heart, one mind, they're sharing everything together. It's a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-religious group with all kinds of complexities. And right here we have evidence of the first century challenge of the church was discrimination. Uh, so, So now we have a racial component here and an ethnic component that creates some challenges, one of the first challenges in the early church. And so what sticks out to me about this is how specific they go after this particular need. And so 
those three chunks of verses have kind of helped us to determine how do we figure out what's happening right now in 2023 in, in Life Church, in Canton, in our community. How do we become of one heart, one mind? How do we identify the specific need in our community? Because there's, there's lots of things that are happening in this. There's a mental component, a, spir- a spiritual one, a physical one, an emotional one, and, and even a racial one. Yeah. And, and we've got a lot of those pieces here in our church. And so we've got to figure out what does it look like for us to move forward. Right. And, and that's not easy to think about how we each have different passions and experiences and stories. Right. How do you blend them all together into a cohesive whole? And that's where we rely on the Holy Spirit, who is, is the game changer right. you know, of our faith, because he's leading each one of us and allowing that unity to be possible. That's how the early church had unity. That's how we will experience unity. Yeah. And back in May, as we started praying about this and seeking where God was leading us, uh, we gathered for one of our life journey experiences called Multiply. And if you're not familiar with life journey, it's our process for training disciples to make disciples. A lot of us have never seen discipleship happen, so we need to be trained to know how to do it. And so we have six different experiences. Multiply is the, the sixth one. And it's where we just go to kind of put our heads together and ask, what is God doing? How do we keep our tanks full so that we can keep pouring out to other people as we invest in them and disciple them? And so for this particular multiply, we we felt like the Spirit was leading us to just pray about what are some specific ways that we could torch bear in our community? How can we bring the light of Christ's justice and love beyond these walls and bring it to our neighbors who are, are desperate for hope? And so as we prayed and listened, we narrowed down to three specific needs uh, or topics that we felt the Spirit leading us to. And we wanted to uh, present those to you today to start to continue to ask the Spirit, what do you want us to follow um, as we pursue these things? So number one was poverty. And these aren't in any particular order. These are just three main ideas that we had heard. And by poverty, we mean a shortage of financial resources. So there's a lot of different ways that you can unpack these words, but these are just kind of overall ideas. The second one is mental health, specifically lack of safe spaces to be vulnerable about our stories. When we're vulnerable about our stories, sometimes there are some things we need to start working through, and and that involves our mental health. And the third idea was loneliness, a lack of community in the struggles of life. And this one felt particularly um, apparent after COVID because there was so much isolation that we all experienced, especially our students who were at home on computers, going to school, missing their friends, missing out on school activities. So students, we're thinking about you too as we go through this because of how much that impacted you going through the pandemic. So these are three huge topics. Like we could spend three (laughs) years going after these, but we want to narrow it down to one to get started. And that's where we need your help. That's where we need to come together and ask the Spirit, which one of these three are you calling us to pursue as a church? Yeah. And you might even look at this list and be like, well, there's, there's other big ones that are missing. Absolutely, you're right. We, we could fill up this TV screen over and over and over with the needs in our community. But um, we wanted to do two things that we saw as a theme in the book of Acts. This, this pattern that happens, what seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. There's a partnership. Um, with us and what we're sensing in our time with God, but also with the community. And then 
the community with God as well, which is what today is about. And so to be united in heart and mind, listening to the voice of God, and then we're going to talk about that and what that looks like, and that might be new for some of you. And so don't be discouraged if, if you're like, well, I've never done that before. Uh, we're going to walk through that together. But I think what's, what's interesting is, on one hand, you can open your eyes and, and you can see all of the needs in the community and be very aware of what needs to take place. And in other ways, you might not necessarily see that in your sphere of influence and in maybe your neighborhood and your place of work. Maybe, maybe you're, you don't see those things as much. Um, so we rely on those others in our community who do see those things clearly, but also we uh, listen, we sense, we uh, become vulnerable to the movement and the voice of God. And, and we listen to one another and to God collectively, and we try to understand what are we sensing? Not, not with any kind of like um, badgering, like, well, I know it's this and I'm right and here's what we need to do, uh, but, a, but a sense of open-handedness and holding that loosely. Yeah. So before we get to that, though, we need to talk about just this idea of listening to the voice of God. And so John wants to kind of lead us through a little bit of a practice for that so that we're kind of all on level ground and, and all beginning to identify what it looks like to be of one heart and one mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really passionate about tools that help us live our walk with God better. And spiritual formation is a big part of that. And so when we practice listening prayer, this is us listening to God speaking to us. Because prayer is not a monologue. It's not us just telling God what we need or what we're, what's on our minds. It's a dialogue. It, we get to hear back from him, and we believe that God is still speaking. Uh, the same voice that spoke to you at salvation and called you to follow Jesus is speaking today. Um, this is the Holy Spirit, and he wants to walk with us and, and live our days with us. And that, that gives me so much hope and excitement to know that we have a God who walks with us and literally lives inside of us. Holy Spirit is our counselor, Scripture says. And so we can listen to his voice. But like Jared said, for some of you, you may never have done this. And so this can feel scary or overwhelming. Um, it's actually pretty simple. And so I want to walk us through this experience of learning how to listen to God and, and sense what he is sharing with us. By the way, this isn't just through your ears. Most people don't hear God audibly, but it's, it's what you're sensing in your spirit. So I'm going to walk you through how to, how to sense that. Um, this is where you're going to start to need some of those pieces of paper that we gave you so you can pull out that white sheet of paper. If you're in the balcony, feel free to come down. There's a table down here if you want to come grab that paper, or you could just use your journal or whatever paper you have with you um, just to jot down some things that you sense the Spirit is speaking to you. And so um, as we start, I want to just help us get centered and focused because we come in with distractions from our week. And so in order to hear from God, we have to like remove the static. You know, we have to tune into hearing his voice. And so I'd love for you to just close your eyes with me if you're able. And I want to start by taking a couple deep breaths just to help us relax. And so we're going to breathe. I'm going to tell you what to do and then we'll do it. Okay. We're going to breathe in for four seconds. Then I want you to hold it for four seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Okay. So go ahead and breathe in for four seconds. Hold it for four. And exhale slowly for four. Let's do that one more time. Breathe in for four seconds. 
Hold for four. And exhale for four. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed and I'm going to walk you through a couple exercises. Let's think about distractions first. What is distracting you right now? What's at the top of your mind that you experienced today or yesterday? What emotions do you feel? Maybe even some anxiety doing this right now. That can be a distraction. So let that anxiety fall away. Embrace the peace of God that passes all understanding. Doesn't make sense, but we get to experience it. Think about whatever distractions are on your mind that are preventing you from being present in this moment. And just go ahead and dismiss them. One of the fruit of the Spirit that we have is self-control, and so you have control over those distractions. Let them go. And allow your mind to get to a place of peace. Oftentimes when we quiet ourselves long enough to to connect with God we start to feel like we might be unworthy of him because of the sin in our lives or because it's simply been so long since we've talked to him like this we can feel guilty even coming into his presence that voice that you hear saying all that is shame rebuke that shame in Jesus name Let it go. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he loves talking with you. He doesn't care how long it's been. He just cares that you're here. And for the sin issues that have you feeling guilty, just confess them to a God who loves you, to a father who is so ready to forgive you and receive that forgiveness. Remember who you are. We connect with God best when we remember who we are as his sons and daughters. If you have a son or daughter who came to you and asked for something that they need, you would be overjoyed to give it to them. And God feels the same way about you. Remember and receive who you are as God's beloved child. Like a good father, God is delighted to share his heart with his children. As a child of God, you can ask him to share his heart with you. Again, prayer is a dialogue. So let's begin to open our hearts and our our minds and our souls to, to hear from him. What is your father speaking to you? As you open your heart to listen, Remember, like I said a moment ago, the same voice that called you to salvation is speaking to you now. In fact, God is always speaking. Now that we've gotten quiet enough to hear his voice, simply position yourself to listen to him and receive whatever he says. Write down what you sense he is saying to you. Pay attention to all of the experiences in your body, your emotions, your thoughts, um, memories that may be coming to mind, images that you may see, 
on the forefront of your mind. God is a creative God, so he uses that creativity to speak to us. As you sense what he's saying, go ahead and write on that white sheet of paper what you're sensing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Take a couple moments and rest here. Start to jot down what God is putting on your heart. discouraged or like I'm not hearing anything I'm not sensing anything that's okay sometimes the silence is all you need sometimes the silence is healing is life giving and so don't be discouraged by the silence uh, sometimes this is like John said this is a practice um, maybe it takes time it takes several opportunities of doing this, several days of doing this to get in the rhythm of listening. And here's the thing, if you grew up in church, for me, I was not taught to do this. There was lots of talking, actually. And I was encouraged in my prayers to be talking the whole time. I wonder if any of you grew up, if you grew up in a church, if you grew up with the practice of listening, being still. While you're in this moment of prayer and uh, while God is speaking to you, he's also speaking to somebody else across the room. He's also speaking to people online in one collective voice. While we're in that presence, in that moment of listening, I want to ask you to set your white sheet of paper down and grab one of those sticky notes. And then just take about 30 seconds to a minute or so. And we're going to get more specific as it relates to the three needs that we presented a moment ago. Poverty, mental health, and loneliness. And those seem really abstract right now, and that's, that's intentional. But I want you to consider this. Uh, there, there's a song um, that we've played before. It's called Lead Me to the Cross. But in there, there's a lyric that says, break my heart for what breaks yours. If you're struggling to identify, man, I, I don't know what the primary need is. If I were to narrow it down to one, poverty, man, that's huge. Mental health, yeah, that's, that's huge too. Loneliness, yeah, that's just as huge. 
If you had to pick, if you had to consider, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. What is breaking my heart so much right now in these three areas? Go ahead and consider writing that down. Let's take about 15, 30 seconds to process through that and to write it down. as you write that down, whatever it is, whether it's poverty, mental illness, or loneliness, once you've gotten it written down, I'm going to ask you to come up out of your seats and to put it in the corresponding basket below. And then we're going to observe what seems to be the one that is the highest priority right now for all of you. For those of you online, we want you to be able to engage as well. So if you're watching online, you can just put it right there in the chat. And then uh, we have a staff member that's going to let us know what some of those results are. So whenever you get a moment, uh, go ahead and write it down and bring it on up to the front and put it in the basket. And as, as you're doing that, for some of you who may still be struggling, connect what you wrote on your white sheet of paper with the sticky note. How, how may God have already been starting to reveal which, which one of those breaks your heart? I can give you some clues there. Just a reminder for those of you online, you can vote in the chat. We have a staff member who's tallying those votes and uh, texting those to Jared so that we can include um, which one of these gets the most uh, vote. And um, it it might feel trite that we're voting, but it's just kind of a way of expressing our unity together, right? Which one is God expressing us to to go after together and... um, I, I would count on the fact that eventually we're going to go after all three. We yeah. just need time, you know? So it's like, just which one is God starting us to go after? And so do we have a yeah. winner? Yeah. Okay. So clearly loneliness is the greatest need that we are sensing from um, the spirit speaking to us. And so now is when we start to get practical. Okay. We've discerned together, which area do we want to focus on? The spirit has revealed loneliness. Now I want you to think about specifically how can we meet that need? If we were to help people, if you were to sit across the table from someone who's telling you, I'm feeling very lonely right now, I don't have community, I'm struggling with depression, um, what would you tell them? What are specific things that you could help them with to help them overcome that loneliness? And I want you to write that on your second sticky note, okay? Um, Get creative with this. Feel free to just think outside the box to invite the spirit to reveal these ideas to you as well and um, as we finish the service today we're going to ask you to bring those up and put them in uh, the loneliness basket and uh, and then we as a staff are going to um, start to look at that more and discern how we can put some of these practical needs together in the action step I was going to say one more thing about yeah. that um, mental health was a very close second um, and so how are mental health and loneliness different? Um, I'm sure we could make that argument that they're the same as well, or sometimes mental health might be the reason for the loneliness. And so for those of you who wrote mental health, but now you're thinking about practical ways to go after loneliness, there might be a mental health component, a, a practical action step, a practical move of justice and love um, that, that might be involved in, in the way that we go after loneliness in our community. Um, So I would encourage you to maybe even think through that lens.
as you're writing, uh, we asked David to play this song. It's, a, it's an old song, Be Thou My Vision, that God would continue to be our vision, uh, that we would take the vision that we've been given to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love, but that ultimately it would lead us all to collectively look at the face of God through Jesus. So take some time and, uh, and write out some of those thoughts on that second sticky note. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for being our vision. As Moses is walking people through the wilderness, he says, if you don't go out ahead of us, we don't want to go. And so God, we depend on you desperately to go out in front of us. God, it's very clear that there are people in our community that are so lonely and isolated and disconnected and our heart breaks for them. And the thing of it is, is they're not just people outside of these four walls. People right here in this room and watching online are surrounded by people and yet feel so lonely and disconnected. God, would you increase our love? Would you increase our community? Would you increase our connection to one another? God, thank you for the overwhelming ideas that you have put on the hearts and minds of people in this room and online. As I look down at this basket, it's just filled with colorful sticky notes of all kinds of ideas. And so God, there is so much opportunity for us and we thank you that you are leading us towards something. Thank you for vision because without it, we will perish. We pray that in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. We're going to stand and worship in just a second, but I want to give you a couple ideas, um, some, some next steps that we're going to be taking place. Um, there's a whole lot here, and we've got an, another service yet as well. So there's going to be a ton to sift through, which I'm really, really excited about to do that this week along with the staff, and just to look for some of the common themes as well. And then um, some of, the, some of the real practical things that come out of it, what we want to do is actually start to explore what that might look like, uh, practically speaking. So we've got some various partnerships, depending on what's in here, partnerships with our denomination. Our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, is doing overwhelming things throughout the nation and into Canada, um, things that are already taking place. So we're not into reinventing the wheel and making a name for ourselves. We want to partner and collaborate with what is already going well, okay? So we might identify one of those needs uh, where there's already a key partnership. Or there might be something that's in here that's like, wow, no, nobody else is doing this. So we're going to have to go to school on what that actually looks like, and we're going to need y'all's help. <laughs> some of you have some expertise in some different ways to network within the community that we don't have all of those skills. We don't have all of that expertise. So we're going to be working together practically and strategically and intentionally, but also not paternalistically. Hopefully that makes sense. We are not going to be some sort of white savior that moves into an area of need and just fix everybody else's problems. No, we're going to collaborate with where God is already working. And we're going to work together uh, to ensure that there is sustainable love and justice with whatever the need might be, okay? So I invite you to stand now. And I want this to be a time of praise. John began our time uh, thinking and getting us to think about the understanding of praise. God has spoken and is speaking to you. That's exciting. 
And for some of you, maybe this was the first opportunity you had where God made his voice clear to you. And now there's this new connection that's been opened up. And now you get to take that light that is within you and to start bringing that into the community. That's a huge thing. That's something that we can celebrate. So I want us to sing with celebration and with joy and rejoicing as we finish this last song together. Can we all sing together? Let's do it. Welcome back. I hope you're encouraged by some of what you heard in that service, in the direction that we are going as a church in terms of caring for our community. Now, what you just heard was the first service where the overwhelming response from our church was that we want to focus on the lonely, uh, those who are dealing with or struggling with feeling loneliness. What you didn't hear was in the second service, we got just as overwhelming a response from our congregation to uh, go after those who are struggling with mental health issues or uh, situations. So what we've decided to do is to try to find a kind of middle ground between those two uh, needs of our community, um, dealing with loneliness and, and dealing with mental health issues. So what I would encourage you to do, if you just heard that message and you didn't get an opportunity to vote or to give feedback during the actual service, we would love to hear feedback from you about how our church practically can go after those uh, struggling with loneliness or mental health issues. And you can send those suggestions in via email. You can email anybody on staff those suggestions. So please do that after you've taken some time to process what you heard in this message. We look forward to, to hearing suggestions from everyone involved in this community about how we can go after these goals and these needs. Uh, but I hope you have a blessed week. I hope that uh, you feel encouraged to begin to think about the needs of your community. If there's anything you're going through, any needs you have, I would encourage you to fill out a connect card and indicate that you have some needs, whether it's prayer or support, encouragement, anything like that. We would love to reach out. And, and the best way to do that, again, is on the connect card. So have a wonderful week. Uh, keep an eye out for the needs of those around you, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.